This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Hey everybody, welcome to Just for Variety. Today is January 24th, 2024. I'm your host, Mark Malkin. My guest today is funny man, Joel Kim Booster. The star of Fire Island is here to talk about his new freeform series, Chrissy and Dave Dine Out. On the show, Chrissy Teigen and celebrity chef Dave Chang give viewers an inside look at some of their favorite Los Angeles restaurants. Booster hosts a dinner party on each episode with guests including Jimmy Kimmel and Matt Rogers. It was also recently announced that Booster is teaming up again with Searchlight Pictures for his next film. He'll star in the comedy as the best friend of a bride-to-be who is tasked with making sure her wedding goes off perfectly. I talked to Booster over Zoom the day after the Emmys, where Fire Island was nominated for Outstanding Television Movie. But before we get to Booster, I've got an update on Big Little Lies Season 3. Nicole Kidman told Variety at the premiere of her new Amazon Prime video series, Expats, that she and Reese Witherspoon are texting every day about the third season of Big Little Lies. There's a timeline and we're doing it, Kidman said. Reese Witherspoon first confirmed that a third season was in the works when I talked to her early this month during the Golden Globes pre-show. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Welcome back to Just for Variety. Joe Kim Booster is cooking up something new. He's hosting celebrity dinner parties on Chrissy and Dave Dine Out, Chrissy Teigen and Dave Chang's new restaurant show on Freeform. Hi, didn't I just see you? Yeah, I know. It's crazy, right? <laughs> so I just saw you at the Emmys. Did you have fun? Your last, your last round. Oh my God. I had a fucking blast. It was so surreal to be there. Um, you know, I am a classically trained gay guy, so I have been watching the Emmys for the better part of three decades, um, you know, as a gay child and then a gay adult. And now I am an Emmy nominee. And I never in a million years would have thought that would happen for me. Um, certainly. And like I, I when I when I made Fire Island, I never thought that I would get nominated for an Emmy, mostly because I didn't know that I was eligible for an Emmy, <laughs> basically until I was nominated for one, because the rules are very confusing. Yeah. Um, uh, but the, the best surprise ever, and um, so delightful, because quite honestly, TV people are more fun. <laughs> they just are. So who did you meet last night that you were just like, oh! Uh, I met Gail and Tom from Top Chef, and those were actually, they were really on the old, I kept telling people, I was like, 
I don't care about any of these A-list stars. Get me in front of the Top Chef judging panel. Like mm-hmm. that's who, those are the people that are important to me. Those are the people that like save my relationship week to week. Uh, you know, like I just need to see them. And they were lovely and so cool. And Gail, like obviously could sense that I was gay and, uh, <laughs> and absorbed my compliments even deeper because of that. No, I remember the first time I met Padma. Uh, it was like, you're Padma. Yeah. I mean, you can't, can't take your, your eyes off of her. No, there's that. But then I was just like, you host Top Chef. She has such a gravitas. It is crazy. I Like, I'm so excited for Kristen Kish, who I love. One of my favorite winners of that show. I think she, yeah. I think it was there. She's actually a, the smartest choice to replace Padma on that show. Because like, how can you, like, you don't, you want someone completely out of Padma's lane. Yes. But like, Padma led that show with the gravitas of someone who is like, it's difficult with food competition because you're just you're going by what they say you can and your eyes you can't taste it but i trust every single time with padma i was like no she knows i trust her i trust her with my life <laughs> so you brought your boyfriend to the emmys who is he excited about seeing uh also padma <laughs> um i'm not sure he doesn't get starstruck really at this mm. like he's very chill and like sort of taking it all in um <clears throat> He was really excited, actually, to tie it back to the show. He was really excited to meet uh, Jimmy Kimmel's wife, Molly, um, because we talk in the first episode of Dave and Chrissy's uh, uh, at length about John Michael. And specifically, I asked her about her experience. And obviously, she's, you know, she runs that show. She's not nobody. But like, how does she navigate being in a room with someone where all, you know, the, the spotlight is on them, like, how do you like, you know, maintain your own identity, maintain your own life, maintain your own goals when, you know, your partner's career is sort of at the center stage a lot of the time. Right. Um, and so he watched the episode with me and he was like, I'm obsessed with her. She gets me. She understands me like no one else. Um, and so we met, we, I introduced them at the the Disney after party and they had a lovely chat and um, had a very like, we see each other sort of uh, moment. So let's talk about Chrissy and Dave dine out. Mm-hmm. How did you get involved with this? What is your official title for the show? Um, I got involved with it, I think, mostly because of Dave. Um, Dave has been a guest star on Loot a couple times, and uh, I get to be very mean to him on that show, which is a lot of fun for me. Um, and I've been a huge Dave fan for a while. Like I am, uh, I you know, um, have loved his his food, his previous uh, television food work. Um, and I think my official title was uh, Agent of Chaos. Um, I, you know, Chrissy had the earpiece. Producers were feeding her like where we needed to go and what they needed to talk about. And I did not have an earpiece. It was just whatever I wanted to ask and whatever mm. I wanted to talk about, completely derailing whatever the producers were were going for at any given point in time. But I'm a really, I'm just like a naturally curious person. I'm, ex- I'm curious about people's lives. I'm curious about the ins and outs of their experiences. And um, yeah, so I think like that really um, made me a, a pretty good fit for the vibe that they wanted to create on the show. I, w- I was surprised, I watched it obviously, um, and I was surprised by how deep the conversations get. Like this is not just like, oh yeah, this is salty and this is sweet. Like you guys, you know, you're talking about race, you're talking about culture, you're talking about sexuality. Um, was that always sort of the the goal there or was, or did producers say, Joel just 
start the conversation. Uh, yeah, I think it was a little bit of like wind him up and see where it goes. Yeah. Um, because we didn't have a lot of talk. I mean, this came together really fast. Mm. And um, we had maybe one meeting before we started shooting of like what, you know, uh, I actually needed to do or not do. And um, yeah, I mean, Agent of Chaos is really literally this the term that that came out of that meeting. And um, it was very much like, you know, don't worry about, don't worry about the structure. That's our job. Just get in there and like, you know, uh, dig deep. And that's what I did. And that's what I do. I mean, that's what I do every weekend at a fucking after party. I'm in the corner talking to some guy from Ohio, uh, trying to figure out what makes him tick. So is this your um, sort of audition or foreshadowing of your, your wanting a late night talk show? No. Oh. Because I definitely got those vibes. Wow. Um, I mean, I've never, I've never really thought about that. Um, I think, um, you know, there's a, there's a whole like cadre of gay guys, you know, gunning for Andy Cohen's job. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I think I'd have to fucking behead Matt Rogers. For <laughs> that point. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, listen, I love to chat. It, it certainly would be an easy job for me to do. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's one of those things. I'm in this position in my career now where I feel like a lot of people assume that it's like whatever I want to do next. But I'm still very much like, I will take the meeting. I will say yes. You know, I it, it, I'm still at the mercy of what the industry wants me to do right now, too. So um, we'll see if someone asks. What's been the oddest or the weirdest pitch you've gotten? Um, in this new phase of your career? <laughs> um, a major corporation wanted me to be in a 10-part commercial slash Hallmark movie. And that was the weirdest. I think that's the first time I ever said no. Oh, so, wait. A 10-what? Explain. It was a 10-part commercial. Um but a narrative commercial mm -hmm. where they wanted me to play the best, the gay best friend to a woman deciding between two men. And this, I don't, I don't know. It was so strange. I said, no, it was the first time in my entire career. I think I've said no to something that I was able to do, but uh, you know, yeah. It was, it was just too bizarre. It sounds very bizarre. It was the first time where I was like, I actually think I would rather, uh, not be working <laughs> <laughs> or also make you the guy who needs to decide between two guys and have someone else help right. you. I mean, that's the other thing. My thing is, is like, listen, I know how the industry works. I know that there are a couple more gay best friends in my future. I will play them gladly, uh, you know, but my threshold for the level of project that I will be willing to play a gay best friend in <laughs> shifted greatly in the last couple of years, you know, like, um, I'm going to dust off the gay best friend gloves, uh, for, you know, bigger, you know, I'll be the, I'll be the prestige gay best friend, but I'm not going to do uh, a web series about it. <laughs> We're going to take a short break, but when we come back, I talked to booster about becoming a foodie his favorite meal, and the one thing he really hates eating. 
Plus, he weighs in on Joe Coy's disastrous debut as the host of the Emmys. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Welcome back to Just for Variety. I'm Mark Malkin. Here's more of the very funny Joel Kim Booster. Let's talk more about food. Are you a foodie? Um, no. I, I certainly wasn't a foodie going into this show. It was sort of a random pick. Uh, like, I couldn't believe they wanted me. And I think that's part of the part of the reason why they picked me is because the show is, like, uh, about accessibility, you know? And, and showing that this food from everywhere we ate from the Michelin star restaurants to the, you know, the more like humble and rustic restaurants, it's all accessible. It's all, none of it's pretentious. None of it is, is, you know, you don't have to come to the table with an understanding of food to appreciate it. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so I really went, I'm an audience surrogate in that way because I go on that journey and I, I discover that for myself, you know, I ate at my first Michelin star restaurant in this show. And I was sort of like really taken aback about, uh, by how accessible it was and how, um, it didn't matter that I'd never, I didn't have a super well-developed palate. I, good food is good food. Right. Uh, and I think that's Dave's mantra and um, now it's mine. I will say since we wrapped and the strike happened during the strike, I started cooking for myself and teaching myself how to cook because I realized I didn't have any hobbies um, other than media consumption. Mm -hmm. And I saw a TikTok that said that was bad. So I got myself a cast iron pan and I started teaching myself how to cook via YouTube. And it's been really gratifying and really fun. And uh, my poor boyfriend has had to try a lot of flop meals. But um, beyond that, I've, I've also had a lot of really successful ones. And I've really surprised myself as someone who has blended chicken in the past uh, <laughs> as a meal uh, to now make a chicken pot pie in a cast iron pan. Uh, is pretty impressive for me. And I'm really, it's like, it's one of those things. And it's nice because it's like, you know, I turned all my old hobbies into a career mm -hmm. and uh, it's nice to have something just for me now. And um, yeah, it's really made me appreciate food in, in a completely different way. So what's the worst thing you've cooked for your boyfriend? Uh, I made this, uh, uh, this like pilaf, uh, Mediterranean pilaf with chicken thighs. The thighs were over. The pilaf was too salty. It wasn't edible. <laughs> what? So what is the best meal you've ever had? The best meal I've ever had. Wow. Um, there's a restaurant um, in Mexico City called Pergote. Okay. Um, let me, it's P-E-R-G-O-T-E. -E. Um, or I'm sorry, no, no, no. It, no E at the end. Okay. Um, yeah, and it's... um. Very tiny. There's like, I think like four tables at it. Oh, wow. Uh, and you can see it's like on, and they're on the street, the sidewalk. And you can see um, all the, the chefs working in it. And um, it's a, it's a tasting menu. You know, it's like we ordered everything off the menu, but um, everything is fresh, locally sourced. Um, 
delicately made wow. and it is so bomb. It was it was the best meal I've ever had, I think. What's your least favorite food? You know, I'm not a picky guy. Um, but I'm trying to think of like what my boyfriend would say to this because <laughs> he would know better than I would. Um, I really don't like melted yellow cheese. Like the fake yellow cheese. Like no, just any yellow cheese. Any yellow cheese. If it's white or otherwise, I will eat it. I will eat yellow cheese if it's not melted. But I don't like yellow melted cheese. I don't know why this has been a, a long-standing thing with me. Mm -hmm. Thing about it doesn't sit right with me. Yeah, see, I hate mushrooms. I'm one of those people. Mm. I hate like despise like mushrooms. Yeah. I, there's not a lot of things, but that's just the weirdest thing. That is that was that like a childhood thing? Did you not eat yeah. it when you were a kid? Yeah. Yeah, I don't like um prepackaged sandwiches. Hmm. Okay. I mean Oof. I've eaten sushi at Walmart. So, you know. <laughs> brave. I, 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 brave. I will eat a lot of things. Um what city, I mean, if you get picked up for another season, what city do you want to conquer next? Obviously, the first season is all about Los Angeles, but where would you want to go next? I mean, I don't think we even scratched the surface of Los Angeles. Yeah. To be honest. Yeah. And like selfishly, of course, I love to shoot in L.A. because I live here. <laughs> um, but I think like either. I think, um, you know, New York is the obvious choice, I think, a lot, like. But I think a city like Chicago or San Francisco could be really great, too. I think like those are Chicago, especially is a really underrated food scene. And um, it would be nice to sort of uh, put a spotlight on some of those places and San Francisco for the same reason. Do we do we see a cookbook in your future? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> one. Yeah, so maybe, again? That's, maybe that's my angle. Maybe it's a joke. one, It's comedy. cookbook. Um, yeah, maybe you might have just uh giving me a great idea maybe, okay. maybe there is i'll take 10 percent um you got the cough too everyone has gotten yeah. this it's just we're all sick right now yeah I, I i just got over the flu like i'm so glad i was able, able to go to the emmys i was so i'm um, like laid out yeah uh, from the flu last week um dream dinner party who is going to be at your dream dinner party Wow. Um, okay, dead or alive? Let's start with alive so we can try to make it happen. Yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> um, then I guess it would be like, I guess Coleman Domingo. Okay. Uh, Andrew Scott. Uh, B.D. Wong. And who's another one? I oh, I almost said someone who's not out and I didn't want to okay. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think of who you're thinking of. Uh, I'm feeling I know who you're thinking of. Uh, and, um, <laughs> what's his face? Um Jeremy Pope. And then they all bring their best girlfriend, whoever that person is in their life. Because I believe I have a staunch belief that every gay man has at least one, if not many, obviously, um, very close female friend that is like their one. Like even if you're a guy, gay guy who has mostly gay guy friends or straight guy friends, like I think um, even those types of gays have the one 
the one in their mind who's like maybe from high school, minus from high school that I've kept in touch with. But everybody has that really close female friend that just like gets them and gets and is like cool. And I think it would be really fun to have a uh, a dinner party with like all of those gays and then whoever that person is for them in their life. That's another TV series, I think. <laughs> that would be awesome, actually. Yeah. And those, and I would also include in that, like, the gay guys that I know. To, I, I, I chose, like, specifically four gay guys that I don't know. Um, but, like, Matt and Bowen obviously would get the invite. Louis Patel, like, all of the, all the crew would be there. Um, but those, those four would be the guest of honor because I, I don't know who they are. Uh, and I would like to find out. Um, so there's been a lot of talk about stand-up comedians hosting award shows after Joe Coy and the Golden Globes. Ooh. Would you host an award show? What do you think about stand-up comedians hosting award shows? And is it just um, an endless job? Yeah, no, I would host like, I would host one of the smaller, lower stakes ones. Like, get me in the WGA awards, baby. I'll host the PGA. Oh, yeah. That sounds fun. Like the indie spirits, I think would be really fun. Um, I don't know about the Emmys or the Oscars or the Golden Globes or any of that. Like I, that seems like maybe a little out of my weight class right now. But I do think that like they're just picking the wrong comics. You know, yeah. like, we're, it's not a one size fits all thing. Like, oh, st you're a stand up, so you should be able to do this. No, like pick somebody who loves, uh, you know, like who loves Hollywood. I mean, that's so lame to say, but like, mm -hmm. I, I think that there are people like they keep picking these people who like are too cool to be there or think they're too cool to be right. there. And like, and that's why the ribbing and the, the jokes don't work. You know, like it's so possible for you to have really biting jokes at the expense of actors and have them laugh at it. I think we saw that every single time Amy and Tina hosted the fucking Golden Globes. Yeah. You know, it is possible to do. Um, and it's not because people have gotten more sensitive. It's just like hire somebody who actually cares about actresses, you mm -hmm. know? And yeah, I think, I think, I mean, listen, I think Joe Coy, nicest guy, very funny. I think the problem was that no, people, the Golden Globe viewer doesn't really know him. So to see someone they don't really know making fun of people they know. Yeah, right. It The joke's not there. Right. Well, missing. and the jokes, I, I don't know. I, yeah, it's, it's, there was a lot of moving parts to that debacle, I think. Yeah. Well, Joel, thank you very much. Thank you. Seeing oh, you. That was Joel Kim Booster, and that's it for this week's Just for Variety. Thanks for listening. Until next time, make sure to follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and threads at Mark Malkin. And for all breaking and exclusive Hollywood news, go to Variety.com. Bye for now. Bye.